0: another episode of The Individuation Podcast. My name is James Malamus, and we've got a great episode for you today. We welcome special guest Marty Murphy to talk about her new book, Forbidden Emotions, The Key to Healing. It's a great interview, and we're excited for you to listen. So without any further ado, here's Dr. Lahab al-Samurai.
1: Welcome to another podcast for the Institute for Conflict's Individuation Podcast, I am Dr. Lahab al-Samurai, and today I have a very special um, guest. Marty Murphy is with us, and she has just written a book called Forbidden Emotions, The Key to Healing, uh, with a beautiful color. Um, Welcome, Marty. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being here. So I consider myself an emotional fitness coach. I studied and gotten certified in EFT uh, tapping, emotional freedom techniques. And um, I work with clients really to clear their conflicts so that they can create what they want in their life. And I really came to it just from my own blocks and my own stuckness and never thought I would do it for a living, but here I am.
1: (laughs) So can you, can you explain to our listeners some of what, um, EFT is what uh, what do you do kind of and how do you do it? Uh, Maybe a small synopsis of
0: Yeah, um, so it's called emotional freedom techniques. It was actually I'll just give you a try and do the quick rundown A American psychologist who just passed away I want to say last year maybe two years ago Roger Callahan did thought field therapy. So tft So he started studying the oriental meridian system and he was working with clients and he had a client named Mary that had a phobia of water. So he was practicing tapping on meridian points and um, and then stating the problem with someone. And all of a sudden, Mary's phobia went away and pretty quickly. And he checked her back like three months, six months, a year later. And then he got in cahoots with a, a man um, named Gary Craig, who was an engineer by trade and a personal development coach. And he thought... I. TFT was a little complex for him so he wanted to find the easier way to do it so he created what's now known as emotional freedom technique and um, tapping it's called tapping because literally we're tapping on meridian points energy centers in the body while we're stating the problem so it melds modern day psychology with acupuncture and why it's effective is because it's it's tapping into our energy system, the electrical system in the body. So when we're stating the truth, which usually sounds negative, it's lowering cortisol levels in the body. There's a lot of science behind this now. Um, and it it's like opening up a malware file. So that's why we go to negative, which is the truth. We open up that file, we go in, we're tapping, we edit the file and then we close it back. And then the file is different for someone. So. They might have a memory of say a traumatic event, but the emotional charge that's been running them, that's been attached to that is now, tends to be either reduced or eliminated from the body. So that's really um, EFT and tapping in a nutshell.
1: Very interesting. It's something similar to what uh, I am doing right now called JAMP, Young in Advanced Motor Processing. And I am using the, Uh, EMDR, uh, one of the EMDR techniques of just eye movement, but in our technique, what we are using is both the bilateral stimulation and the eye movement. And uh, what I am doing is we are doing it for 90 minutes. So Mm -hmm. we go through 60 minutes of where we work through just like what you're talking about, which is hitting the points. So as the person is talking about all these different points, we're just doing. Um, you're doing the physical touching. We're using all, but and then they tell the story, and that releases the energy. And you are correct. It's like a file. It's a file that gets reshuffled. Back mm-hmm. to the people, they are. Um, it's actually looks like a miracle cure for some people.
0: Yes. So. Yeah.
1: Um, So this is very close to uh, a lot of things that we do. So tell me more about EFT. How did you become um, enamored by it?
0: Well, it's interesting. So I always tell this quick story, it was New Year's Eve 2010. And my husband and I were kind of really pulling ourselves out of quite a financial debacle. And, and we were, you know, like everybody hits a bottom and we were definitely on the way out of it. But I was, I always say everybody's out partying and I was home pondering my life. And I thought, you know, my life's not bad, but it doesn't feel really good either. And I just put an intention out. I don't care if anybody's atheist agnostic. I just put an intention out universe, the dinosaurs, Fred Flintstone, whatever you want to call it. And I just said, like, it was an intention. If there's something that can truly finally help me change my life then send it my way. And if not, I just want peace because I'm tired of wanting things I can't have. I'm tired of trying to to get get things that I can never seem to come by. And literally within two weeks, I would would say it's sort of magical. We would call it that, but it's not. I saw an ad on Facebook and I clicked on a link and it was an online summit, which I'd never heard of. And there was a woman who ultimately... I ended up training with who's a therapist in New York City and she's she started doing tapping reluctantly and skeptically as a therapist and she was she just couldn't believe how quickly her clients were getting shifts different from if they were just talking about it because you're engaging the body so Um, I And I I heard her and I just started tapping on my own, having no intention of I'm going to do business out of it or whatever. I just wanted to clean up things in my own life. And about three months, which makes sense from a neuroscience standpoint, a cell biology standpoint, my husband said to me, I don't know what it is, but there's something different about you. Mm. And... um, And I I did notice because I I would say my OCD kicked in because I was tapping in the morning and tapping at night. I was really putting a lot of time and energy into it because I just wanted things to change for me. And I've had clients that have had dramatic results in a very short period of time. That's not been my path. My path with tapping is I started noticing oh, wow, there's like behaviors that I used to have that were limiting me that I'm not actually doing anymore. And then over a longer period of time, I started noticing like healthier patterns replacing that. And I am absolutely still a highly flawed, fallible human being, but I love that I have a technique now that I know, oh, right, I can tap on this and and, and I really encourage clients in that and just seeing the changes in their lives. So I, to me, it's something I'm going to do the rest of my life. Uh, I have a joke with my husband <laughs> who you've met and I, you know, if I'm really mad at him, I'll just start tapping in front of him. And he's like, Ooh, and it's kind of become this joke between us and, it you know i it just it works you know i, I just, I just if there's something too. that worked differently i would do it but this to me has been the thing that continues and consistently works for me
1: he should do it too oh he does oh does he, he does. okay good. Excellent. He does actually, yeah. good. okay so i wanted to uh talk to you about your book it's fascinating yes. um so because um I was reading through it and I saw this, you say, how emotional repression creates forbidden emotions. When growing up, you get bombarded with a lot of messages. You download thousands of messages, especially those from authority figures in your life. You might have the most inquisitive and curious mind as all children do, but if you hear something often enough, you will likely believe it. Resilience will wear down and downloading begins A lot of messages you get are about emotions specifically, which emotions are appropriate and which are forbidden. Yeah. I thought this was really, really good. Um, Tell me a little bit about.
0: Forbidden emotions? Yeah. Yeah, so I was raised in a very devout Catholic family with a father who realistically probably should have been a priest, and we are enculturated particularly in the United States, I mean, this is where I grew up, so this is what I know, is, okay, this emotion's okay to feel, this isn't. Like, that's appropriate, that's inappropriate. And what I've noticed with, and I've done thousands of sessions with clients by now, and I do think there's some gender issues here. So I've noticed with men, often sadness is a bit more of an even forbidden emotion for them and anger for women. I'm pretty epic at anger. It's not necessarily a problem for me, but I see it with a lot of women in particular where it's be nice, be pleasing, you know, be the good girl, don't speak your mind. And, and even with men, big boys don't cry. And, and even joy can end up being a forbidden emotion. If we are around someone that's down and out and we're in a great state and we wanna start expressing that, but we hold ourselves back so that they don't feel bad. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it, in, in that, if you're, you care about someone and you're like, okay, I'm just gonna refrain, but we're inculturated from early childhood on to be like, you know, big boys don't cry. And even a lot of the, I would call the a lot of the, what I see is the personal development slogans now. I, I think they're pithy. There's a lot of pithy slogans out there, but I think they do a disservice to a lot of, you know, people like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Give me a break, you know? And it even like, let go, let God. Okay, how? How do I just let go and let God? How do I put, you know, this is always my favorite, always chaps my butt. Put your big girl or your big boy pants on and buck up and just do it. Well. In my work, if somebody's not doing something, there is a reason and they have a very good, likely unconscious internal reason that they're not doing something and we judge them as procrastinating or this and that. And yet there's a lot of forbidden emotions that I see that are buried inside the body that's like, well, that's it's not safe to shine. I'm not safe to put myself out there. And those come through what we would call traumas with a little T or traumas with a big T early in childhood. For example, if a, a boy comes home and he's excited because, you know, he was playing t ball and he hit a home run and he comes home and he's saying, and that's exciting. And somebody's like, oh, stop bragging. You know, he, over time you're going to learn it's not safe to shine. Mm-hmm. So that might inhibit somebody from putting themselves out there on the web or putting up a website or doing what you're doing you know having a public forum being willing to put yourself out there with the potential of being criticized for that because of what happened to you and and when that gets uncovered and you get you uncover the emotions that keep that buried then you're allowed to what i've found is you're allowed to move forward and then you can catch yourself Well, ooh, like you might be sabotaging yourself, but you you recognize, oh, this is going on for me. And then I would use tapping and you can tap and keep moving forward. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, I can give it a personal example too, if that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, so when I I was, um, my original mentor had me, uh, recommended me to do the EFT radio show podcast. And I did that for a number of years. And when I was meeting with the producer, to put the show together, all of a sudden I noticed, whoa, this emotion came up in me like, who do I think I am? Like, who am I to go do a podcast on tapping and stuff? Mm-hmm. And I just noticed that language coming up. And I just was like, okay, note to self, just finish this with the producer and tap on it later. So I finished with her and then I tapped when I was done. And I guarantee you, if I had not had tapping, I probably would have found unconsciously found a way to sabotage myself because i had done it so many times in the past. But I was like, oh, I was aware of it. And then when the first show aired, the, the producer called me and she goes, oh my God, you're like my ideal host. Mm-hmm. And, and I only say that because I would have never allowed myself that public forum Given the the limitations due to you know well, I'm just a girl, and I'm not supposed to shine, and you know uh, children should be seen and not heard, and all the things that i the programming that I had, but having released a lot of that, I was able to step forward and even hooking up with the mentor that I did in New York City, I know if I'd not been tapping, I would not have contacted her but i I think because I was clearer. I had cleared out some of the, I'm not good enough"ness or that, I was able to go, no, I I can do this.
1: So tell me about the show. I didn't know you were doing a show, wouldn't you? Well, I did, did.
0: I did It's The producer actually stopped doing it two years ago. I I did it for close to five years. So it was on uh, um, EFT, it was called EFT Radio Online. And I did the podcast at least five years. Mm-hmm. And um, I interviewed different people. And, you know, I just did my own shows. And uh, it was, uh, I can't remember, it was EFT Radio Online, but I remember what I used to log into to go to the um, the studio. I just don't remember what it was, but it was called EFT Radio Online.
1: Yeah. No worries. So, talk so about your mentor in uh, New York. This sounds like an interesting story. So.
0: Yeah. So there's uh, a woman named Carol Look, and she was a psychotherapist and she was one of the original, what they call the EFT masters. So she studied with Gary Craig and I, she's the, the first person I listened to that was on a, a webinar. And I listened to her and I was like, oh, I just, I heard tapping. And so I just started tapping. I didn't know anything about it. I was like, okay. Cause another host on there said, yeah, I tap sometimes when I need to. So I was listening to, to Carol and I started tapping along and I started to notice I was having a lot of emotional releasing. So I knew something was going on. And then I hooked up with another woman named Natalie Hill and a couple other people. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, maybe I could make a business out of this because if anybody ever felt as stuck as I have, I'd want to help them. So I, I emailed Carol, not thinking she would actually get back to me, but I was like, why not ask her? I said, hey, any chance you could mentor me? Because I was working on getting my certification and I needed a mentor. Mm -hmm. And she emailed me back almost immediately and said, I don't do private mentoring anymore, but I am bringing a group of women together to train. And I said, oh, can I apply for that? So I, I had another interview with her and then I flew to New York at least three times over the next year. And we there were eight of us in the group and we just were in her office training with her and, you know, getting the training in addition to what I was doing with EFT. And mm-hmm. so I worked with her and was a coach for her for a number of years. I'm not doing that anymore.
1: Ooh. You're working for yourself now. You're doing your own thing.
0: I have been well, for... Uh, tell us about that. Uh, so three years ago, <laughs> yeah, it'll be... God, was it three? Yes, about this time, three years ago, when I hooked up with Carol, I mean, I loved Carol and we we were really good friends in that. I just kind of always felt like I knew, <coughs> excuse me, I'm talking too much. I knew that I would kind of want to fly away on my own at some point. And I think I came to that conclusion because I had been tapping because in the past, I had always kind of wanted to hook on the heels of someone else because I was too afraid to branch out on my own. But ultimately, I was like, you know what, it feels like it's time to really spread my wings and fly. So I had a conversation with Carol about it, and she gave me her blessing. And I just have gone out on my own since. And... I'm I'm really grateful for the experience that I had with her, and and Carol really gave me a leg up in the beginning in a lot of ways. But I just sort of knew it was time to, you know, go on. And Carol has always said um, in her own tapping experience, you know, if if there's something that works better, show it to me, and I'll do it. But she is yet, she's just still taps because she finds that the thing. For her, it's simple, it's easy, and it, it's, it's highly effective. So it was really great to have. And I used to go to New York quite a bit every year when I was with her for those number of years. And we would I was a coach in a coaching program that she started, and we would do masterminds. And I learned a ton. Nice.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, so, Marty, tell me about the book.
0: Well, the book was an inspiration. The title actually mm, the came to
1: me. Emotions.
0: Yes.
1: Yes. Tell us about this.
0: The title came to me I, about eight to 10 years ago. So I want to <laughs> say this to anybody who's ever like, oh, I'm procrastinating. I'm not getting anything done. I always knew it was going to be written, but I, I just was like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be time yet. And actually three, three years ago, I finally found a great writing coach and we just we talked for 90 minutes she put a quick outline together for me i wrote the book in 10 weeks but the editing process was epic and it's uh even just recently my publisher i i found you know you you probably know you're like typos it's like i don't care how often you look something over i've had five different people do it look it over there it's like oh there's another one So the editing process and doing some of the rewrites was the longer process for me. Mm. But when I finally wrote it, it just flowed out. And, And I would also say it was helpful that I really did wait because I had so much time with so many clients. And I've learned so much working with people to see sort of the golden threads through every client. Like, oh, here's a similar pattern that I see is in place. And here's how I see people holding themselves back. And that's what I really noticed. It just sort of started to come to me is, wow, people really make certain emotions really unacceptable to feel. They really tell themselves that's not okay. And I I started going, why would we be born installed with this full palette of amazing emotions if we're not meant to feel all of them? And Every emotion can be both healthy and unhealthy, but the problem, and then when I studied psychosomatics with a woman out of Calgary, the body-mind connection, I did a number of um, workshops and studying with her. I started to see how certain emotions that they didn't allow them to feel would show up in the body in certain ways. And, um, And so I just thought, yeah, I wanna be that format the place for people to comment. And, and um, the other thing that I noticed is when I started, there's a, a tapping technique called rant, tapping R-A-N-T. I didn't create it, but it's a great, like, literally you rant out, like, oh, that makes me so mad. Well, when I started working with clients that I saw all this suppression happening in, I, I would say, well, if you could say anything to this person, they're never going to hear this. This, you don't have to be appropriate, put being appropriate on the shelf. You can pick that back up anytime you want. What would you say to them? And it was amazing. Every single person on one level or another would say, I'd say F you. Mm-hmm. So I'd go, are you okay tapping on that? So we would tap on that. And I have yet to tap with somebody using that technique that's that they have not felt, they go, God, I feel liberated. And wh- how I see that is, they finally have allowed themselves their truth in a safe and healthy environment. Not for one minute am I suggesting that they go up to that person and say that. Ooh. I mean, they can if they feel like they need to. But in a it, with a somebody in a safe environment, they get to give themselves their truth, and it's really liberating. And and you can do it. Today, if there's somebody in your life that you're mad at and they're standing in front of you, it's like, I got to go to the bathroom because if I don't, I'm going to like throat punch you. You can leave and go attend to that yourself. And I've just found it makes us so much more effective in relationships.
1: And you think that's because that we're able to express ourselves in a more honest way, because honest, absolutely.
0: Unadulterated. Emotion. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. I love that word. A more honest way. It's like, that's my truth. And we're not in that we in those moments. We're not holding ourselves back and suppressing emotion. Um, there's a great line from a book. I uh, love emotional fitness. And I think she took it off Carl Young originally, but it, uh, her name's Janice Berger. feelings aren't buried dead. They're buried alive. And that's what I found in people um, all these sort of physical ailments and stuff, too. I had a client that had, and I'm not making medical claims here. Here's my disclaimer she had an inoperable benign brain tumor, and we tapped six times together so, six hours, six weeks in a row. And I would tell you, was, I think it's, and she said this, it's the first time she ever felt like she got the full expression. Of how she'd been feeling her whole life about her parents, her you know, her family members, every person in her family, and even different healers that she dealt with in a safe and healthy way. And we did a lot of rant tapping. And then she came at the beginning of the seventh session, she said, I've got something I've got to tell you. She goes, I went and um, my tumor shrunk in half.
1: Ooh.
0: And 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 she said, "This is the only thing I've done different." And I, I mean, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, if there's not a a testament for the body mind connection.
1: Oh no, for sure, one hundred percent. The the amount of stress that we go through, um, a lot of the a lot of the work we've done on Jamp is uh, people who have had pain in their backs and their shoulders and their necks in their groin area, in their legs, in their toes, it disappears because it's an emotion. It's an emotion being held. And what I like to talk about, I said, you are basically water. It's an emotion being squeezed by water that's being held by energy. And that's what you're holding onto. And how does that not transform all this? these cells around you into cancerous cells because they can't keep boiling over because that's what's happening, right? Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yep, absolutely. And I would tell you, for me, rant tapping, I honestly would say, oh, it saved my life because in yeah. so many ways, it was like when I...
1: But you are a ranter, so that I makes am a ranter. sense.
0: I am a ranter. And I get, and that's a great point, um, Laha, because I know not everyone is... Yeah. Not, not everyone is and not, I have a lot of fire in my chart. I have a fairly fiery personality and I understand not everybody is, but that side, even like my most demure client that was very, I would say buttoned up was, she was like, yeah, I would say this to them. And she allowed herself in a way that was comfortable for her to finally express those emotions. Yeah. And it's been tremendously beneficial to her. No,
1: no, I agree with you. I think it's fantastic because I, I think everybody needs to rant.
0: Yeah, because, just gotta do it in the way that's right for us.
1: Yeah, we, uh, because everything is on a scale and we always go from one extreme to the other extreme. If we cannot release every once in a while that
0: right <laughs>
1: energy, then it backs up.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yes.
1: And it sounds like with your um, your person who had the tumor, um, she is uh, that she has had been containing all her emotions in her head.
0: Oh, God. Oh God. Absolutely.
1: all her pain was being held in her skull to the point that this tumor came up.
0: And, and she's That's a... It- extremely intellectual person yeah. like I mean, and she that makes sense, right? yeah she 's one of the most brilliant people I know she 's super book smart and yeah. she processes and analyzes and all that and it just made so much sense yeah. you know it, it, yeah. that's a great way to put it all the pressure in the skull yeah, yeah. She,
1: she puts it in one place and you were able uh-huh. to release the pressure from that one place and that alone that release of pressure. Was not an irritant to the tumor anymore.
0: Yeah. And you
1: and I have to keep growing because now there is nothing pushing it to grow. Right. And yes.
0: And that was, let me think about this. That was seven years ago. And uh, to this, she just had a, I, I'm still in touch with her. She had another brain scan and like the tumor is almost non existent. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes,
1: because this is, this is the, this is the emotion that is being basically held like a piece of coal that is turning into diamond.
0: Yes, 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 yes. a great way to put it, yes. So,
1: so tell me more about your book. You spent 10 weeks writing, but you still haven't told us a lot about your book.
0: Yeah, so the gist of it is it's about tapping, ultimately. Yes. I walk you through tapping, and the, the beginning of it is all about Really, what are forbidden emotions? How do they get installed in us? How do they hold us back? How do they limit our life? And what can change in our life as we start owning them and releasing them? And how can our relationships, our money, our you know, our health, everything change as we understand and recognize what forbidden emotions are? And the other thing I talk about in the book is I was introduced to you've probably heard of this um internal family systems yes parts work and and i i always say it this way la i'm the type of person i can complicate a freaking potato chip Mm -hmm. so i that was like that's my aunt's voice that's my uncle's voice and it was a bit cumbersome for me so i broke it down this way that and i think this there was a therapist that i worked with here one time and this sort of change. He goes, Oh, Marty, your kid's activated. And that was like gold to me. When he said that to me, I was like, Oh my God. So I started realizing, and this is the way I say We have a wounded child inside of us. The child that's never gotten their voice who is always pushed down. I also say we have what I call the bully in our brain and that's that critical it's the culmination of all the authority figures all the people that sort of pushed us down and then we have the call it authentic self high i call it the healthy adult self but authentic self higher self i don't whatever those three to me are what i see is the the least complicated way to view it so to, to unravel that and go who's running my show at any given time and what, what started happening for me is, um, I, I started realizing a lot of abandonment issues were kicking up in my own life. And I, so I was behaving from that place. I would, I would get, let's say, say I'd have an altercation with my husband and, and he'd be like, uh And I, I would be like, no, 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 we gotta talk about it. We gotta work it out. And that's when the therapist goes, Marty, your, your kid's activated when that happens. So I started to recognize that. And I think it's Eckhart Tolle. He talks, calls it watching the thinker. And I talk about this in the book. So when I started to recognize, oh, that's my kid. Like my inner child has a grip on me right now. And that's who's making all the decisions in my life right now. And that's not who I want running my show. But then what in the EFT world, what I found is then we have the kid and then we have the bully and they go to battle. So the kid gets activated, the bully, you know, you stop crying, put your big girl pants on. And this battle begins and that's what keeps us frozen Ooh. and unable to move forward. But when we start to recognize these parts, oh my gosh, my kid's activated. Oh gosh, I'm beating myself up. Ooh. you know. Then we start to s- separate from that more and realize because otherwise we just think that oh, it's all us. We walk around, I'm a mess, I'm this, I'm that. But it's been incredibly helpful to me and with clients to go, who's running your show? And when I started to recognize my kid, abandoned child was getting activated, I could start, it didn't happen right away. It took some time, but I started to separate, separate, separate. And then I stopped, I was able To minimize and ultimately really rarely happens anymore that that abandoned part of me gets activated, which is tremendously helpful. But it was the recognition of there's these parts that I have that are in operation. If I can recognize and separate from them and then tap, then I, I, I allow that space for my authentic self to come through. And, and the part of me that can be more reasonable in an argument and not go for the jugular and not like hit below the belt and go, do I really want to do that? Do I really want to say that? Do I want to hurt myself that way? Do I want to hurt somebody else that way? And in that, that's a big piece that I talk about in the book too is recognizing those parts. And when they're in operation, you can tap. And then that soothes the nervous system lowers cortisol levels, you know, slowers um, the fight-flight response. And, and from that place, then we, we just have access to the prefrontal cortex, the slower thinking part of the brain where, in the creative part of the brain where we behave in a way that we feel better about because when we're activated in a stress response, we do not have access to this part of the brain. Mm. That's why you've probably experienced this. You know, if you're having an altercation with somebody, I call it, we just start circling the drain. Mm. And we're just going, or we can circle the drain with our thoughts and and recognizing those parts is a way to stop circling the drain, to go, oh, my kid's activated. Oh, my bully's running my show. Mm. Now I can tap and, and soothe that and I can come up, with reasonable decisions. The other thing in tapping, we, which I talk about in the book, is when you tap, what, what I've noticed with clients is there's a thing called the cognitive shift. So all of a sudden, you're tapping with someone, and they're tapping on a problem, and they have this you know, really entrenched belief about an event that's happened. So you're tapping, tapping, it's releasing, and all of a sudden, they all of a sudden, they out of their mouth comes a completely different perspective on the event that happened that's Mm. much more to their benefit. And that's what we call a cognitive shift, that their brain all of a sudden now had access to show them a different way to see this, Mm. which is better for them
1: Mm. and
0: less activating.
1: Yeah. We use um, what uh, we use in JAMP is um, we use affirmations. I am powerful and we say the affirmations four times we're doing something very similar to what you're talking about uh-huh. which is changing that thought of I am powerless and I, I am you know so we have um we have several affirmations that we use we have like categories one for the body one for power one for love one for self um so yeah, it's uh, very very close. To
0: that. Yeah, in, in EFT we the way we would get to the affirmation piece, because in the beginning, the first fifteen years or so of tapping, what my mentor told me, she goes nobody tapped on a positive statement at all, and people got better, mm-hmm. and and. My theory on why they got better is because as they clear out the muck, then there's space for the authentic self to come through. It's not like that's ever gone. It's just mucked over by limiting beliefs and forbid, you know, which are forbidden emotions. So when that starts to get cleared out, we have access to that part of us. And, and so now uh, I I like this term bridging statement. So in tapping, we'll tap on the negative first and then towards the end, we introduce the idea of like, like um, what if it really is okay? What if I'm not the bad person I think I am? What mm-hmm. if? So we ease the brain into like, oh, um, oh, I think I could believe that. And then what I love about um, what you're talking about, the affirmations, is we, I would use what's called argue tapping. Mm-hmm. So we would say if somebody's not believing they're powerful we go i'm not powerful but what if i am i'm not powerful but what if i am powerful mm. and we argue tap and what that does is it trains the brain to follow a negative thought with a positive positive. Mm. and so i love that and then the brain starts to believe the affirmation more because the muck's cleared out so that's i love how the similarities are
1: yeah because the the, the intercranial uh, bilateral stimulation opens up the brain to the idea that we basically can say, I am powerful, I am powerful, I am powerful. And then you use your name. So it's Marty's powerful, Marty's powerful, Marty's powerful. And then we move to Marty's brave, Marty's brave, Marty's brave. And then whichever you get stuck on. So Young used to do this association technique where if you got stuck on something like you can't say powerful. Like you're tripping over it. You're like, "Marty's powerful." So <laughs> that would show that that's a, you've hit a complex. Yeah. So with those, what we do is we hit them over and over again, in and out of session. So oh, that's awesome. Session, like flows, we hit them again. We go, "Oh, Marty is powerful," and then she we start again. And then we keep doing that again as they tell the story of the traumas that they go through life. They're telling us a story. The affirmations get injected into the middle of the conversation, wherever the story shows there is a negative or there's a, there is a, only a negative idea of self.
0: Yeah, that's a great pattern interrupt. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. I love it.
1: Yeah, I should run you through it. Uh, yeah. I think it would be fun for you to. Yeah, go.
0: that would be fun. Yep.
1: Um, so uh, your book is taking off.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, what's interesting and I, it's I would.
1: Yes, it's been <laughs> successful. It's been picked up, I think. Tell us more.
0: Well, Barnes and Noble picked it up, which my. my Publisher messaged me, he's like, Oh Marty, Target and Walmart. has sent out a press release. They picked it up and I'm like, wow. Mm. And he just sent off a thing to Costco. You know, we're hitting the mainstreams. I mean, mainstream media. Fantastic. And and it's an A books, Mm. um, which I had never heard of. I didn't even know. It's funny how often like a gal goes, Oh, I just bought your book through A Books. I'm like, who's that? So it's in a books, and so it is getting picked up more and more. And um, and the audio book is just completed. There's a wonderful uh, woman, Derek Kramer, who's doing the reading of it. And I just heard the finalization, and she's yeah. wonderful. And she's really animated, which I really like because I'm pretty animated. Yeah. And so the audio book's going to come I out. I think you
1: could have done the audio book very easily. Yeah,
0: I could have, but I, I was happy to have somebody else do it. That
1: was a lot of work, yeah. Yeah. Well, Marty, I mean, it's great having you. This has been a great conversation.
0: Yeah, it's great to see you.
1: Do it again. Yes. And um, I hope that everybody goes and checks out Marty's Forbidden Emotions The Key to Healing by Marty Murphy. And it's available everywhere that books are sold. Yeah. So, um, um, thank you for being on the Individuation Podcast, the Institute for Conflict, at the, in the time of uh, Corona and conflict. Right. Um, we wish you well and healing and safety, and we talk to you soon. Thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah,
0: thank you for having me. Thank you again to Marty Murphy for coming on and talking about her new book, Forbidden Emotions. If you want to pick up her book, it is available anywhere books are sold. For everyone here at the IFC Individuation Podcast, we thank you for tuning in today, and we will be back with another episode soon. at the Institute of Conflict greatly appreciate all of you listeners. Please share the podcast with your friends and spread the word. If you would like to help expand our community, like us on Facebook and Instagram and give us a five-star review on iTunes. I'm Sonia Mahmood and you've just listened to the Institute of Conflict Individuation Podcast. We'll be back soon.